Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wayne McGahey III, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. <clears throat> and uh, I apologize for not getting this out Friday. It was a very long drive from Tallahassee to Raleigh with uh, with a couple of guys from the beat. So it was, uh, wasn't was really an option to get one up yesterday. So I'm getting it up today. I hope you guys will, will enjoy it. But um, <clears throat> Chris Nee says hi. Um, <clears throat> recording this in his in uh, his hotel room because Kurt Weiler is asleep in mine, and uh, Chris, uh, say hi. Hi. So, Florida State's got a really tough task ahead of it today, playing NC State on the road after a fifty-nine to ten beatdown from Clemson last weekend, and the Seminoles. We're we're going to talk about a lot of stuff this week or in this podcast. We're going to talk about who has to step up how Florida State can get this win and uh, finally prediction for the game um, I'm absolutely not confident in my prediction for the game um, <laughs> and uh, was kind of bullied into it a little bit by Chris and uh, and Kurt I but, didn't know such thing do not accuse me of things I did not do oh come on now don't lie but um, so in the in this first segment we're going to talk about what Florida State's has to do to win this game and the first thing they have to do is they have to uh they have to be able to stop Ryan Finley. They don't have, not not stop him. They need to slow him down. They need to take away the chunk plays. NC State's been excellent in getting uh getting chunk plays. I believe they're fifteenth in plays of twenty yards or more and twenty fourth in the country in passing plays of thirty four yard or thirty yards or more. Yeah they need to impact him. They need to get in the backfield and they need to simply be around him. Yeah. He's a guy that gets rid of it quickly. He does a good job neutralizing passing attacks, or as far as pass rushing attacks. And that's something that he's going to do consistently today. But FSU needs to not to get discouraged. It's a matter of round the edges, get there, get arms up, try to deflect balls, try to impact balls, try to pressure him and create throws that he doesn't want to make at that very second. You know, he has very good weapons like Kelvin Harmon, Jacoby Myers, plenty of others. Their top six receivers are all receivers. As far as guys with receptions, about 90, I believe it's 91% of their receptions have gone to wide receivers this year. So they work a lot to the outside. It's not a lot of dump-offs to tight ends and running backs like it's been in the past when they had multiple, like Naheem Hines and uh, uh, the jack-of-all-trades that they had back there last year, whose name is escaping me. It's now in the NFL. Um, Jalen Samuels. Yeah, Jalen Samuels, where they had the quick dump-off to the middle, where they did a lot of work with that building up the outside. They're not that this year. They're much more quick, hard slant, vertical type of offense with Finley back there. Syracuse did a good job last week in their upset victory. Well, I guess it was a minor upset of NC State of impacting him, and they forced a late turnover where he got rid of the ball much quicker than he wanted to, and that's kind of what sealed the victory for them. So it can be done. They're not a very good running team. They're very much, in my opinion, a mirror image of FSU in many ways. Very good defensive line, not a very good secondary as far as you know, keeping the passing game under wraps for their opponents. Their quarterback is very talented. Um, you know, FSU is more a vertical passing game, while NC State's more of a heavy passing game with about 27 completions game, a lot of shorter stuff, kind of dink and dunk you and set you up for the big one. But neither team's rushing attack, rushing attack is literally capable of leading them to victory at this point in the season. Absolutely. Um, Florida State's secondary, probably going to be without Levante Taylor, who hasn't really practiced this week. That means Asante Samuel Jr., A.J. Litton's going to have to play. And the Florida State secondary hasn't been great overall this season. 
Um, Stanford Samuels III is uh, is playing safety right now. He should be playing corner, but Florida State just doesn't have the safeties to uh, to let him play corner. And so Florida State's secondary against this uh, against this very good NC State passing attack is going to have their hands full on you know flipping it over to the offensive side of the ball. Florida State is going to have to have to find a way to beat NC State through the air. Uh, DeAndre Francois, I think we're both of the opinion that he's not going to play today. It's going to be the James Blackman show. Yeah, it would be a surprise to see Francois come out there and play. And then, um, but the one thing that Francois did well is throw the ball down the field, and NC State has given up a lot of big passing plays this season. So it's gonna we're going to have to wait and see if, uh, if James Blackman can come in and hit those big passing plays and take some pressure off of the short game because that was one thing that that DeAndre has done well this season. So I, I think the most important thing for Blackman today, presuming he plays, which I think we both both expect, is that he, he can't feel like he has to win it all in one play or make some Superman like effort. No. It's about coming out and playing consistent four quarters, following the game plan, making good decisions, winning the turnover battle by not giving the ball away. Things like that. That's the most important thing Blackman can do. And the other thing is because he's going to play behind the same offensive line Francois played behind, which isn't a very good unit, he's going to have to climb the ladder, extend plays, step up in the pocket, make throws, go go north-south when the time comes, run the RPO to some level of success. Those are the important things. FSU can play a shootout in this game and win if they don't turn it over. But when you have a guy making his first start of the season who's a very emotional dude, very engaged, which are great things, something they need at that position, in my opinion, sometimes you can rev yourself up a little too much and put yourself in bad situations, and it's counterproductive. It hurts you on the field. It hurts your ability to win games. Blackman has to be careful to bring that juice, but also keep himself in check. You know, I do expect Florida State's run game to be much better this week with Blackman at the helm. Uh, just because he's not going to hand off into three defenders. Because he... Francois' biggest issue this year has been pre-snap reads. He doesn't understand where to go with the football um, a lot of the time. And a lot of the time, for he's handing off to a running back that's facing three defenders when he should be pulling or he should be taking getting it out to the flat because he has numbers. So Blackman, I mean, Blackman's proven that he's willing to pull it down and run. I mean, he did it against Clemson last week. He's willing to step up in the pocket. Um, so I do think uh, the running game is going to be better just because Blackman is capable of running the football. He's willing to run the football, and I think he's going to be better as far as diagnosing what the defense is giving him and not hand the ball off into three defenders. Yeah, I think you can alleviate a little pressure by making better decisions in that facet of the game. At the end of the day, though, I don't think FSU will find much success on the ground. It's NC State's defensive strength is stopping the run. Like I said, they're very much a mirror image of FSU where they're much better against the run than they are to pass. And, you know, Blackman will do a good job, but NC State has the big boys in their front seven that are capable of popping him a couple times, and it will cause a little hesitation. I don't think he'll get skittish, but... I just don't think there's going to be the ability to put together a consistent rushing attack. They may pop a play or two here and there that make the yardage look a lot better. But I think from a consistency standpoint, if they're going to win this game, it's going to be through the year. Willie Taggart on, on Saturday and again on Monday said that he would be making changes to the depth chart and to what Florida State's going to put on the field for, because of the players that quit. We'll have to wait and see if that happens. What changes do you think outside of obviously James and Francois 
um, do you think Willie Tiger will make this week? Well, Nyquan Murray suspended himself for half by his boneheadedness on the field, so that one's kind of taken out of Willie's hands, but that's a position where I definitely think at least reinforcing with that guy that, yeah, you're you're the best receiver on this team. Your production's the best. You know, he has 40 receptions, 536 yards, leads FSU in those categories by a wide margin, especially in the catches. But at the end of the day, it's about conduct yourself in a certain manner and carry yourself the right way. And Nooney struggles with that, and he always has. It's a maturity issue more than anything. So I think he's a guy that will play when he comes back in the second half, but he's a guy that I think probably should have been benched for what he did at Clemson. And that's before he did what he did to get thrown out of the game by his conduct on the field, the way he carried himself. I think another position is running back. We've seen that consistently this year with JP taking the carries over Cam Akers. Um, I think that will continue here. Truthfully, I wouldn't be against giving Anthony Grant a couple at-bats and seeing what he can do. He's a kid that brings it consistently in practice. And uh, Amir Razul, if healthy enough, is another guy that could give a few at-bats to. I think at that position, you kind of run a guy till you find a guy. You know, if a guy pops a couple in a row, gets in a rhythm, leave him in there, let him run for a while. If he's struggling, switch it up. You got four guys, use four guys. Don't be so steadfast on basically just using JP and Akers. I think that's kind of foolish. Um, defensively, you know, even if LT was healthy, I don't know if LT should be out there. Truthfully, it can be questioned. Some of the stuff he did in that game, and I'm talking before he pulled up lame on the big touchdown reception. Um, Cyrus Fagans and Owen, he uh, he watched the film of last week, and was he hurt or was he just kind of playing lame? It's tough to tell. I know he was in a walking boot on Monday, so I guess he is dinged up to some degree, but Cyrus hasn't played good ball this year. I think Cyrus Fagan would tell you he hasn't played good ball this year, and that's part of the reason Stanford Samuels is stuck at safety is that you can't move Stanford to a corner spot and rely on Cyrus Fagan because he's not been reliable. So I think those are a few... Willie walked back the quitting stuff a little bit on Monday when he said it was more bad egg than quitters. You know, basically that it was only a couple instead of many. I think that is true going back and watching the Clemson film. It's not like half the team quit. I mean, FSU did give up to some degree in that game without a shadow of a doubt. But there weren't a ton of loafing, ton of quitters. There were a few select ones, but the problem is they're upperclassmen, guys that are reliable, should be reliable pieces to this football team, and they're not. So I think there's a handful of guys, a couple of them are out of their hands, whether it's because of an injury or because of suspension. Well, that's going to do it all um, for this uh, for this segment. Um, in the next segment, we'll talk about the three players that we think will have success against NC State and the three players that have to have success against NC State before getting into the final segment with our predictions um but before we get into that we all love a night out whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team with vivid seats you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price vivid seats is a top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to and you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice to make things even better vivid seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive twenty dollars off Orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's locked on, all capitalized, no spaces. For $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this second segment. Uh, Chris, Chris Nee is still here, still talking with us. And 
we're gonna we're gonna get into the the players that have to step up and the players that will step up. Chris, who one player on the team? Who do you think will step up in this game? Blackman. I think he's chomping at the bit to play, and he wants to do it. As I spoke about in the first segment of the show today, is the concern with him is don't get yourself so amped up, so revved up that you try so hard that you make fatal mistakes. We t- um, you talked about Blackman and all the things he has to do, uh, like stepping up into the pocket, bringing the bo- taking the ball down, making good decisions. He did all of that against Clemson. Um, he stepped up into the pocket. That touchdown pass that he threw to Keyshawn Helton, I mean, you, you watch him. He steps up into the pocket, moves around, feels the pressure, gets out of the pocket, and then throws a laser to Keyshawn Helton, who does the rest. Like, it was a play that we haven't seen. Basically, we haven't seen DeAndre Francois make that type of play this year. But there was also no pressure in the moment because yeah, the scoreboard I mean, isn't romping, so you're just out there basically playing backyard football and having a little fun. But it is good to see that kind of play. It is, It was refreshing. Yeah, but... The, basically, my point with that is is that we haven't seen DeAndre Francois be capable of doing that. We saw that in the first like fifteen seconds of yeah. James Blackman being on the field. Well, DeAndre's mobility at this point is pretty putrid. I mean, yeah. he, he's banged up. He's hurt. He is coming off a knee injury. He just doesn't move very well. I don't want to call him a statue, but he's not far off from being that at this point in his career right now. He was going to be one of the guys that I say uh, said have to step up, but I do agree with you that he will step up. The uh, <clears throat> the next guy that I think is going to uh, is going to have to step up is Tamori and Terry. Right, Terry yeah. is uh, Terry is the big play machine for Florida State. Florida State is going to need some big plays if they're going to win this game. Um, and I do I believe you know it, when Terry's targeted, he he brings the ball down. Most of the time, like even in like double coverage, he brings the ball down. He's physical. He blocks well. He's just an overall like hardworking, great player, and he has the athletic athletic ability to be a special guy. Um, and I think he's going to have at least one big play this week because it seems like he has at least one big play every week. But I think um, you know with uh, with DeAndre not locking in on Nooney for like the first. Th- two quarters of of the Clemson game and you know he he loves Nooney they were boys he always locks in on Nooney and Terry had to go over and yell at him to throw it to somebody else on Saturday but um I think James is going to be able to be a little more willing to spread the ball around whether or not he can throw it as well as Francois downfield is going to be a question um because that's obviously something that Francois did very well but I do think that Terry is going to have at least one big play in this game um because that's just what he does I think it's very important to get Trey McKinney involved. He was a good piece of the offense in the first month of the season, and very much in October he sort of disappeared. When you have a young quarterback out there who's going to be facing a fairly good defensive line, it's important to have that quick safety valve guy. Trey's a pretty good-handed, I don't want to go sure-handed, but he's going to catch it more often than he drops it. I think you've got to target him. You've got to get him involved. you got to see if he can take advantage of some of the athletic matchups that he's going to draw with either linebackers or safeties or even potentially defensive ends. Um, I just think that it's important to get him involved because it loosens up the middle, which will open up the outside for guys like a Terry or, you know, Nooney in the second half or Treshawn Harrison, Keith Gavin, whoever you want to go to on the vertical outside stuff. You need to kind of force the safety to recognize that Trey McKinney and your backs exist in the passing game in the middle of the field. I think that's important to kind of take some of the pressure off of Blackman where you can have some easy throws to set up good, winnable downs. 
Um, one of the guys, I'm going to switch over to defense real quick. One of the guys that I think has to have success for Florida State is DeMarcus Christmas. Um, Christmas has played all right this season. I know people who think he's played great. I know people who think he uh, hasn't really played great. I'm in the middle. I think he's been all right. I don't think he's had the impact that we've had, uh, that we expected him to have coming into the season. And with Morphin Wilson starting to command double teams and Brian Burns on the outside, Florida State needs someone else to step up on that defensive line. And Christmas, you know, being the, the redshirt senior that he is, needs to step up in this situation. Um, you know, he's very good at run stopping. He's a solid player, but we haven't seen anything really special from him this season. And I think that's uh, we need to see something special from him in this game, especially if Florida State's going to disrupt Ryan Finley. I'm going to cop out and not take one player for the defense. I'm going to say the secondary as a whole. Boo! Well, you know, you could say Asante because he's going to be matched up with some guys who have physicality over him. You know, Jacoby Myers, 6'2", 203. Kelvin Herman, 6'3", 213. Two big boys on the outside that are probably going to draw Asante in coverage at some point. But FSU's secondary needs to play well. They're matching up against a very good passing offense with two very good outside receivers. Myers is more size and speed, while Harmon is kind of the complete package. He's a very good athlete, but he's a monster. He's physically ultra-impressive. He's arguably the best receiver in the ACC who doesn't play for Clemson. You know, I think T. Higgins is truthfully probably the best receiver in the whole league. But from a statistical standpoint, Kelvin's the best receiver in the league. I do think it says something that I'm, you know, if if I'm Florida State, I'm more worried about Kyle Myers in this game than I am about Asante. Because you know what you're getting at Asante. He's going to be a dog. He's going to give up some plays where, you know, he's just out physical. But you know what you're going to get from him every every down. Yeah, but FSU needs little guys to win against big guys more than they have this year. Miami picked on him with it. We saw it happen in other instances early in the season. At some point, those guys understand that there's a you can play through the arms, you can play the ball, you can disrupt the play even after the ball is received to make it a pass breakup, and they got to be better at that than they have been throughout the season. Something that Harlan Barnett has banged on in talking about guys like LT, Asante, and such, uh, AJ Litton, you know, play with better leverage at the line of scrimmage, win off the line of scrimmage, play through the ball when it's put in the air, and be there in the hip pocket so you can play the ball when it's in the air. Those are important things. And when you're playing a receiving core that has the explosive ability of an NC State with a quarterback who can put it there, you got to play at a high, high level. One last guy um, before we get in, before we end this second segment that I think is going to have a big game, and that's going to be Sean Harrison. You mentioned the Nooney suspension. Um, in the first segment, he's a guy that I think is going to see a lot more playing time this week, especially with Nooney out. And, I mean, you've seen what he can do. His play, uh, his touchdown against Wake Forest was special. He's a special kid with the ball in his hands. He's also trying extremely hard. You know, you, you watch him uh, You watched him uh, on the a Keyshawn Helton touchdown catch. He was downfield blocking 60 yards downfield, trying to get Keyshawn into the end zone when it's, I mean, we're, five minutes left in the game on a 59 to three game he's trying to block to get his guy into the end zone the kid cares a lot um but getting the ball into his hands is is always a good idea and with Nooney out I think and James Blackman in the quarterback I think they're gonna they're gonna get the ball in his hands a lot more so I think it's gonna be fun to watch watching him um in the next segment we're going to uh give our predictions for the game and how we see the game going and then that'll be it for uh for today, and we'll get back on Sunday and talk about uh, talk about the game and how things went. Maybe we'll do a, a 
podcasts uh, while we're driving the 11-hour drive back, or 10-hour drive back, whatever it is. But before we get into that, are you sick and tired of paying for 20 channels you, uh, you never watch when you just want to watch your team win? Then you've got to check out Sling TV. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football because $30 a month gets you ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, the ACC Network are probably on it when it comes out next year, and you can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. There's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. So sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial Locked On listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com forward slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. So don't miss out on the next big game because you're still fighting with cable. Thanks for sticking with us as we head into this final segment. All right, it's prediction time. I have no idea how this game's going to go, but none. Not even a little bit. Uh, I see... I more see a either blowout in NC State's favor or I see a close Florida State win. Um, it's all going to be how Florida State responds. And I think I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and get it out. I think with James Blackman, Florida State's going to find a spark. The offense is going to move. I still don't think the running game is going to be great. But Florida State's going to stop the run. It's going to end up being a shootout. And uh, I've got Florida State winning this game 38-37. I initially had 28-27. But then uh, I got some uh, some peer pressure from Chris Nee, mainly and, Kurt and mainly Kurt. Kurt, yeah, just pretty much Kurt. I really I don't remember peer pressure from me, truthfully. I was fine with it. Uh, he sleeping dogs lay. I was good. Yeah, he's lying. Um, so yeah, he he's lying. But uh, I I do think it's going to be a higher scoring game. They they convinced me that it's going to be a, a more just higher scoring game. Just want to be more like me. I picked thirty five thirty four NC State, which means basically I see it as a pick on. Yeah, um, I do agree. I think if one team rolls today, it's going to be NC State. I think it's more likely it's a little bit of a shootout. NC State's defense has been pretty woeful the last two weeks now, given they've played Clemson and Syracuse, two very capable offenses. But I think a little bit of a spark from FSU, a good start from FSU, it can be a little bit of a shootout and an interesting game going in the fourth quarter. All that being said, FSU could also pack up their tent and go home. Yeah. We saw it happen last week. It's not far-fetched to think it happens again, but that's why they play the games. Yeah, I mean, I don't – if – I know it's, it's crazy to say this, but if DeAndre Francois was still the starting quarterback, that's the most likely outcome to me because there is no spark. There's no – you know, there's no passion. Yeah, um, Blackman's a rallying cry. Yes. Like, if, if you watch Blackman on the sidelines – um, if you've watched him at all during the season, you'll see that he's, if anybody does anything well, he's the first guy there to celebrate. He is always with his teammates. You want, and, you know, we get, we get to see him in practice. Anybody does anything well, he is the first guy there. He is always cheering on his teammates. I mean. It's authentic, too. Yes, He has very dog much. in him. He wants to be good. He wants to be competitive. He likes it. A lot of guys in his situation have started last year and, walked in the season benched and knew they were benched and that they were going to sit a good bit, would pack it up and just kind of play out the string and be the clipboard holder. He's not that. He is number one cheerleader for the team. He's into it. He The, the buy-in from him is that he is paying attention to every second of football that unfolds on the field, and he is emotionally riding with it, good or bad, but he's engaged. And... That, that's something that this team needs. As you're trying to transition into a team that's learning how to deal with adversity, 
He may not deal with adversity great because he gets down when bad things happen, but you certainly know he cares when bad things happen, and that matters. You don't know if that's always been there. And it will be interesting to see how he handles a huddle, whether they have a great start or a poor start, and how they go from there. I think that's the most significant part. FSU, I believe the last four times they've played NC State, have trailed at the end of the first quarter, if I remember correctly. I believe that's in the NC State note package. Yeah, since the 2013 game where they put up, what, 35 in the first? Yeah. 2014, they dug that huge hole, climbed out of it. You know, we've seen that consistently last year in Tallahassee. They dug a hole and couldn't climb out of it, for example. So it will be interesting to see that how that first quarter goes, how Blackman handles it, and how the offense responds around him. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I really don't know how to predict this game. It's, it's going to be, I, I do think it's going to be a toss-up or Florida State gets rolled. I don't. But I think that Florida, I do think that Florida State is going to come out with some fire because, you know, because James Blackman is going to be leading them. They do believe in this kid. Like you, you listen to him talk about James, and they believe in this kid. Um, it's going to be up to him to live up to it on the field, but they believe in him. There's gonna, I think there's gonna be a spark. Um, you know, after Willie called, uh, called player, you know, some of the players quitters. Uh, you know, I think there's gonna be a lot of players wanting to go out there and prove that they're not, that they didn't quit, that they're not going to quit. And I think this is going to be a, a Florida State team that plays extremely hard. And um, I think they're going to play well with uh, with Blackman. I do think the offense is going to move at at least at a little better pace because I think he he's going to read things better. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be as as good as what uh, as far as like the downfield passing and the big plays and all that. I don't. I don't think it's going to be as good in that regard. But I do think there's going to be more flow to the offense. Less three and outs. Yes. Some more sustainability to drives. Maybe not necessarily as many big bang plays. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Seminoles podcast. We'll be back on Sunday during our billion-hour drive back to Tallahassee when we'll uh, we'll talk about the game. Can you tell Wayne enjoys that drive? Oh man, I made it twice. I made it twice last year, and I have I made it again this year. But Florida State won't be in Charlotte for the ACC tournament, so I won't have to make it or for the uh, ACC championship yeah. game. So I won't have to make it again this year. But that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. Thank you, Chris, for joining me. Um, That'll be all. Have a wonderful day.